0: Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Emily Baton. Today, I will be sharing with you my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church in Palm Desert, California. Thank you for joining us, and may you find grace, peace, and comfort in the message today. The Gospel According to John, the 8th Chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Here ends the reading. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you this day in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Those gathered around Jesus in our reading today are a bit confused. They are taking Jesus' words literally rather than listening to that deeper meaning that Jesus always puts behind the things that he says, the grander implications of the promises he is making to them. They stand proudly before Jesus saying, we are descendants of Abraham. How could we be enslaved to anyone? Because to be a descendant of Abraham is to be part of the covenant with God. A covenant, a promise, made to Abraham by the Lord that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. Such a mighty lineage could not have left them in servitude to another. And yet, and they are right to be proud of their ancestry and sacred history in relationship with the Lord. Yet they seem to forget parts of that shared history. Their ancestors in Egypt, who were enslaved by Pharaoh, the Babylonian captivity as their people were scattered in diaspora. Even they themselves live under Roman rule. How easy it is to forget the oppression of those who came before us and the bondage that still holds us today. Jesus speaks of being captive to sin, of being bound to a system that undermines and destroys. And into it he speaks of freedom, of liberation from that which holds them fast, a freedom that these followers of Christ cannot comprehend while they ask, what do you mean by saying you will be made free? So what does Jesus mean? There are a lot of definitions of freedom out there. Freedom to act as I want. Freedom to be who I am. Freedom to live how I wish. Freedom to say what I think. Freedom to believe what I want. But I'm not sure any of these are the freedom that Jesus is talking about. These are individual freedoms, significant to our earthly life But God has a greater understanding. Jesus seeks to free us from ourselves, from the harm we do to each other, from death itself, opening our minds and hearts to the forgiveness of our sins and promise of everlasting life. And how will we seek this freedom? By knowing the truth, but not just any truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. It is this beautiful paradox where we are bound to Christ, and it is by this fact alone that we are truly set free. With Christ as our mediator, we stand before God as our true self, that which we were created to be, and therefore righteous, deserving of this overwhelming, unconditional love of God, accepted and so free. Doesn't it feel good to sit in that love, in that freedom? But now what? What do we do now? Do we go about our regular lives as nothing has happened? Act as we wish because we are forgiven? Maybe not. Well, let's consult a man whose actions we commemorate on this Reformation Day Martin Luther our namesakes as Lutherans, and one of the reformers who started the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther was no stranger to being captive to sin, but not necessarily of what he did, but how much he worried about what he did. Martin Luther confessed everything he possibly thought was a sin, everything he thought about thinking about what could have been a sin. He is known to have confessed his sin for six hours straight at one point because, his understanding, that was the only way he would get this freedom. Finally, one day, his confessor, Stauffitz said, that is enough, Luther. Let me tell you about something called grace that all you need to do is love and trust in God. Please stop coming here every day, all the time, and pick up a Bible and read. And So he did. And what he found became the foundation of the Lutheran Church. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. And Luther had something to say about freedom as well. As someone who had been excommunicated and had to go into hiding, he had some experience of what it was like to get those daily freedoms taken away. And in his writing, he speaks not of freedom from, but freedom for. Freedom for the neighbor. And as Luther would say, the Christian individual is a completely free lord of all, subject to none. And the Christian individual is a completely dutiful servant of all, subject to all. Another paradox. And it is this very freedom given to us by Christ that compels us to serve our neighbor. Because in the face of this incredible gift of God, how could we do anything else? We love because God has first loved us. Now, another captive to sin who we can find in our more recent history is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian from the 1940s who opposed the complacency of the Lutheran Church in the face of the Nazi regime, to the extent that he was even connected to the assassination attempt on Hitler, a fact that led to his imprisonment and later execution. This, too, was a man familiar with captivity. And it was the grace of God in that freedom that convicted Bonhoeffer in the need of action against tyranny. He saw the lack of stance from the Lutheran church at the time unacceptable. The forgiveness and grace of God is not a get-out-of-jail-free card to grant you permission to do what you wish. This was an interpretation he called cheap grace. But Bonhoeffer lived by costly grace. And as he wrote in his work on discipleship, it is costly because it costs people their lives, and it is grace because it thereby makes them free. It did cost him his life, but his decision to join the strike against Hitler was not that of pride. He never absolved himself of that sin, though God probably did. He simply could not stand complacent. He was convicted by the word of Jesus and lived accordingly. For the voice of the Lord is powerful. it created the heavens and the earth, breathed life into humanity, made the word into flesh. It is the call of Jesus Christ who causes the disciple to leave their nets and follow. That is what's next. That is the now what. After being given the grace of God and made free, we are called to discipleship, to care for creation and our neighbor alike. And I hate to break it to you, but this gift is freely given, not given to those based on what we do or how we act, not by our own works, but the works of God. And as Luther wrote, For even if you were nothing but good from the soles of your feet to the top of your head, you would still not be righteous. Luther himself was not a sinless man. Neither of these men were without their flaws and harmful action. Clouded by their own biases, they did not always extend their hand to liberate the oppressed in their society. And yet they too have been given the grace of God and set free. It was in captivity that they discovered this truth. Something about that captivity ignited a yearning for a different kind of freedom, a freedom that lasts, that is not based on human standards. Because I have to warn you, this grace is a gift given for you, and once you know this, there's no going back. Amen. Thank you for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox with music by St. John's Worship Band. This week's sermon is by me, Pastor Emily Baton. Make sure to subscribe, and if you would like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, please visit our website at stjohnslutheran.church. May God be with you this day.